everyone. Welcome back to the fifth episode of MMI Podcast, Medicine and Wellness. My name is Anne and I'll be hosting the episode today, Eat Healthy at Home. The implementation of MCO has allowed us to spend more time at home. And for today's episode, we'll be discussing how to eat healthy at home at a relatively low cost. Today, we are honored to have Shani Stanley Ying with us, who is currently a nutrition consultant. Without further ado, let us welcome Shanice. Hello and good morning, everyone. Thank you, Anne, for hosting this interesting episode. It is indeed a useful topic to be discussed with many working or studying from home nowadays. Good morning, Miss Shanice. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, sure. Um, coming from a nutrition science background, I spent years in the health and nutrition field and continue gaining passion in it. I'm glad that it has equipped me with the ability to distinguish between the correct nutrition information and false nutrition claims. So um, as a registered nutritionist of the Nutrition Society of Malaysia, I focus on community health and wellness as well as providing consultation and education. Um, I often meet people who are passionately curious about how proper foods and nutrition are able to change their life. Uh, I actually firmly believe that small and simple changes in daily life work best for establishing long-term healthy habits and it is important to start with realistic and practical approaches in achieving um, goals. Feel free to connect with me and my dietitian partners through our Facebook page uh, nutrition Living or Food Story Mind. We share applicable nutrition info through daily meals and we make healthy eating practical. Ah, just a side note, I'm not completely avoiding comfort foods like ice creams, cake, chocolate. Instead, making the right choice in selecting which to eat and practicing mindful eating are important. Thank you for sparing your time to share with, share with us your thoughts on how to eat healthy at home today. It's really our honour to have you here with us. So, um, Shanice, should we start with some questions first? Yeah, sure. Alright, great. Uh, to start off, could you enlighten us how we can plan the three meals of the day? Are there any recommendations for the preparations of breakfast, lunch and dinner? Yes. There are some recommendations for scheduling the three main meals in a day. And it is very important to avoid overeating and digestive problem with scheduling right main meals. I trust that many of you heard of this before. The best way to live is to breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pooper. So it means that to maintain a healthy weight, people should make breakfast the largest meal of the day and skip supper. The fact is, eating a large breakfast reduces hunger craving throughout the day. However, many misunderstood that we should eat a lot during breakfast. Bre- to breakfast like a king is actually to choose the right choice of food as your breakfast. So, what is the best for breakfast? My recommendation would be it's important to include protein in your breakfast. So protein-rich food such as meat, fish, egg, dairy, they could help to increase your metabolism for a few hours. They do so by requiring your body to use more energy to digest them. This is known as the thermic effect of food. Protein has a much higher thermic effect 
compared to carbohydrate and fats. This means that your body burns more calorie when digesting protein. So by replacing carbs and fat with protein during breakfast, you reduce the hunger hormone and boost several satiety hormones. So this leads to a reduction in hunger and keeps you feeling full for a longer period of time. Um, speaking of the suggestion for the three main meals, it is very much related to the culture and preference of a person. And it is always suggested to go for balanced meals. Moderate amount of carbohydrate, adequate protein, and limit fat. Vegetables are inexpensive and important source of many nutrients, especially dietary fiber. Wow, that's really well said, Shanice. I think now I have some ideas on how to prepare my three meals. Is there any advice you would like to give people who don't really know how to cook or perhaps plan to start cooking but have no clues where to start? Um, the best advice that I can give is go simple. You can start by choosing one ingredient that you love the most. So if you love pasta, choose your favorite type of pasta. There is no motivator for cookings like the love for food. And next, attempt the easiest recipe that you can find. Nowadays, there are many free recipes that you can have as a reference by looking up YouTube videos. After that, you can start making a list of the ingredients that are needed. For your first attempt, I would suggest to go for only a few key ingredients or the most simple ingredients that are easy to find. Pasta as the source of carbohydrates and tomatoes or broccoli as vegetable, lean meats or eggs as protein source and adding some onions or garlic, they are very good sources of antioxidant. So if you need motivation, host cooking parties with friends virtually or go online. This way of cooking can be really fun. I see, I see. That's really a brilliant idea to host cooking parties with friends virtually. Also, Shanice, isn't true that healthy food, for example, like berries, yogurt, and granola bars, they are always more expensive than processed food? If so, how to eat cheaply while staying healthy? Hmm, people are very conscious about being healthy nowadays and they're willing to spend on healthy food. So there are perceptions about being healthy, getting higher price, higher quality ingredients or foods considered as healthy. Undeniably, one of the truths in the market is organics or refined grains or gluten-free, um, low glycemic index, healthy fat-containing foods, they are of higher prices as compared to those that are not. However, that does not mean that all healthy foods are pricey because it is all about choice. For example, the inexpensive protein sources you can get are eggs, poultry such as lean chicken or meat, fish, legumes, uh, for example, chickpeas, lentils, as compared to protein bars. Speaking of berries, they are very high in antioxidant. They are usually pricey as they are seasonal fruits and they need extra care in handling. But there are still many other choices which are high in antioxidant, such as green leafy vegetable, for example, spinach and kills, 
and grapes, broccoli, garlic, and onion. Also, you can get different types of minerals and vitamins from inexpensive vegetables and fruits. Well, thanks for shedding the light and clearing the doubt, Shanice. I definitely learned a lot from your detailed explanation. So, in view of current situation of MCO, people tend to binge food due to stress and also boredom, which is leading them to encounter this condition. Do you have any recommendations of snacks for them that are healthy and nice to eat whenever they want? Inevitably, staying home, working from home can lead to the tendency to binge eating. Um, my recommendation is to go for small, frequent meals. If you feel hungry in between main meals or before sleep, always choose light and low-fat snacks. So the best suggestion of snack during midday is fruits. Get one exchange of uh, fruits, such as one banana, one apple, one orange, or one slice of papaya, and many more. Um, I'd like to suggest one very simple snack that you can prepare at home, which is a nutritious fruit cereal bowl. Pick one type of fruits that you like, for example, let's say banana, and then add some raisins, add uh, one or two tablespoons of cereal or oats, low-fat yogurt or low-fat milk, and optional with some kidney beans or seeds. Yeah, that's it. It's a very simple snack. So if hungry pan attacks before you go to bed, always go for light beverages such as a glass of low-fat milk or nutritional powder drinks. Try skipping supple for 30 days, you will feel the change in your body and probably your skin. I see, Shanice. This is really a great piece of info for people who love snacking. Nowadays, people tend to live a very hectic life, hence protein shake and protein bar seems to be a second resolution for the majority when they plan to skip a meal. So, can protein shake or protein bars replace food with high protein like fish or egg? Protein bars or shakes are indeed a convenient source of protein for the young and affordable groups uh, other than sport, sport person or at least. And it's a very popular midday snack, a quick way to add protein and other nutrients to busy and active lifestyle. But there is a difference between um, protein bar or shake versus lean protein food, such as fish, poultry, eggs, the difference are in its nutrition contents, which are the source of protein, micronutrients, additional ingredients such as sugar or sweeteners, and protein bar or shakes varies in its ingredients use. Um, first of all, sources of protein used in bar or snack varies. Some bars feature a mix of soy, whey, or other types of proteins. In addition to offering proteins and carbohydrate, protein bars can be a good source of micronutrients such as calcium, iron, potassium, and vitamins. Protein bar or protein shakes, they can be a simple ready-to-eat midday snack. However, many protein bars also contain high amounts of added sugars and some of them use sweeteners. Therefore, it is highly recommended to always 
check the ingredient labels. Oh, I see, I see. In addition to that, there has been this saying that egg yolk is not good for elderly. Is that true? What is the recommended maximum daily intake of egg per person? Mm, eggs are the cheapest source of protein. <laughs> the egg yolk, um, these golden parts of an egg, is much more nutritionally dense. It contains essential nutrients such as carotenoid, vitamin D, vitamin B12, selenium, and choline. I would like to specifically mention two of them, which are carotenoids and choline. The carotenoids present in the yolk act as an antioxidants, which can prevent or slow damage to the cells. Whereas for choline, it is a water-soluble vitamin that is present in the egg yolk, and it has many benefits to our body, including brain developments and metabolism. One interesting fact is that the yolk of a large egg actually holds about 55 calories, while the white part has only 17 calories. Egg yolks is not good for elderly only when it is over-consumed. It is also one of the concerns for elderly with diseases, for example, heart disease. This is mainly due to the fact that egg yolks contain cholesterol. As cholesterol can cause risk of diseases, they should consume in moderation. There is no problems having an egg yolk uh, every day. Whereas unlike the yolk, egg whites contains almost no fat and negligible carbohydrate content. For sedentary individuals, the recommendation daily intake of protein by uh, RDA and DRI, which is uh, the recommendation daily allowances, is 0.8 gram of protein per kg body weight, or 1 gram of protein per kg body weight, meaning that for an individual uh, with 60 kg of body weight, you will need approximately 50 uh, 50 grams of protein per day. If you only obtain protein source from eggs in a day, you can have approximately 7 egg whites per day for a 60 kg individual. This is calculated based on 0.8 gram protein per kg body weight. Oh, I see, Shanice. Thank you so much for your clarifications. But how do we estimate the food portion to prevent overcooking and overeating, as people tend to finish the leftover to prevent wastage of the food? Ah, my um, recommendation would be always be mindful. It is a very simple yet powerful words for all who are living in this fast-paced world, and. Avoid eating until you are full. Instead, mind your harahachibu point. So this harahachibu point is actually a Japanese phrase translated to eat until you are 80% full. So it is how our mind works. The more you practice mindfulness, the better emotional or physical or spiritual or spiritual state you will be in. Psychologists have proven that this approach is helpful because the mind instructs us to stop eating when you only feel slightly full. This is a very good advice for overeaters who are learning um, how to fulfill the satiety just enough. Well, 
I think practicing mindfulness is really important nowadays. Also, Shanice, is it inevitable for us to have rice for every meal? So, in a situation like this, what type of rice is better given that we have white rice, brown rice, basmati rice, etc.? Or is there any food which provides a similar, similar situation as rice? Mm, speaking of rice, choosing the right type of rice is one of the main concerns for diabetics patients. So for a normal individual who is taking preventive step, uh, who is taking preventive step towards avoiding obesity and diabetes, it is the amount of rice being taken that matters. I would like to share with you a difference between the types of rice. It is actually the glycemic index. So in general, white rice has a higher glycemic index as compared to brown rice and basmati rice. The higher the glycemic index, the faster the carbohydrates are converted into glucose and thirst causing large increases in the blood sugar level. Whereas low glycemic index food increase glucose slowly in your body. Food with high glycemic index increase body glucose quickly. So if you have diabetes, uh, so if you have diabetes, high glycemic index foods can make it harder to control diabetes. Um, if you are bored with taking rice, you can substitute one flat cup of rice with other sources of carbohydrates, such as half bowl of noodles, two slices of bread, one tortilla wrap, two medium-sized potatoes or sweet potatoes. Oh, I see. Thank you so much for the clarification, Shanice. I really learned a lot from this conversation about how to eat healthy at home. So before we end the episode, what would be your takeaway message from our audience? There are three take-home messages that I would like to share. First is be mindful. Practice mindful living and mindful eating. And second Go for small, frequent meals. Try to include protein in your breakfast and always choose lower fats. Healthy foods are not expensive. Go for fresh fruit and go for fruits as snack versus chips or cookies. Well, thank you so much for your valuable insight and why, Shanice. It has been wonderful having you on the podcast today. Thank you, Ernie. It's a great pleasure to be here. We would also like to thank our audience for tuning in. Like and share this podcast with your friends if you found it useful. And don't forget to follow and rate our podcast on Spotify and iTunes. If you have any feedback for us, you can message us through MMI Malaysia Facebook page. Stay tuned for our next episode of MMI Podcast, Medicine and Wellness. Take care and stay safe. Till then.